Hey world, we are Citywide Church, creating the largest soul-saving effort ever seen right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We would love to know how our ministry has touched your life. So if you have a couple of minutes, please send us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. Also, if you would like more information about us or about how to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be encouraged and stay blessed. Church, I have, I have a real honor today because Wednesday morning, I woke up with my entire body just feeling like I had worked out. And by my stomach, you know, I wasn't working out. And I was extremely sore from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Every muscle in my body, it took me a few minutes just to get out of bed. And as the day progressed, it just got worse. And I knew the enemy was attacking my body. And uh, I was preparing for Saturday's message. I was preparing for everything. I woke up, went to the doctor on Wednesday. Uh, I woke up on Thursday twice as bad. Woke up on Friday and I was done. And on Friday, I knew that I would not have the strength nor the time to be able to, 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 to finish the last altar series that we had today. And so I made a phone call to my dear friend, Pastor Gabrielle Beam, and her laborer in ministry, Father Christopher Layton, to come share with us. And I thank God that I did because I woke up Saturday morning and had no feeling in my hands. And my prayer the whole day was, God, I don't even know I'm going to hold the mic Saturday. As you can see, I'm holding it with two hands. And I know that what God is doing is so supernatural, but I also know that he will hijack the plans of Satan to break the bondages that somebody has been facing. And so I know that this didn't catch God off guard. I know that God knows, and there's nobody else in this area that I would trust more speaking into the lives of the people that God has assigned me than Pastor Beam and Father Christopher. And so today, they're going to be sharing the gospel with you. They're going to be preaching to you. They have a tag team thing they do, and it's powerful. And I believe that some people are going to find some freedom that you never found today. Would you do me a favor? I know you just sat down, but would you jump to your feet and give my friends a wonderful citywide welcome. Pastor Beam and Father Layton. Can you stay on your feet just a little bit longer? Do you want more? Do you want more? Yes. You know, in times of favor, it says, ask for favor. Usually at this point in time, I would introduce myself and Father Christopher would introduce himself. And uh, we say thank you to Pastor Lewis Burgos. I don't know where he is right now and to Yesenia and for Citywide for having us, for opening up your hearts and receiving us as family. We love you in the Lord. Amen. We love you in the Lord. 
You might say, Pastor, Pastor Gabrielle, and I know that I hear that some of you actually call me Pastor Gabby now. What are you doing? You're becoming undone before our very eyes on this stage while I'm being obedient to the spirit of the living God. You know, I did not look like this when I came into this building this morning, okay? But you know what happens in worship when the real presence of the living God shows up? You become undone in his presence, and you don't care how bad a hair day it is. You worship him until it's dripping wet with sweat with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind because there is a hunger in side of us that will not be satisfied until we see the full manifestation of his glory in this season and for this generation. And so he said, oh, stop trying to put yourself together and be obedient to me. This is bare as I dare get on this stage, but be obedient to me and continue to become undone in the presence of the living God. And so I know that your pastor, your dear pastor, has been in the altars and restoring the altars of God and seeing the altars of God being restored. And where you left off is restoring the altar of praise and sacrifice. Amen. Well, I can tell that you are well on your way to restoring the altar of praise. The last time that I felt this kind of strength of praise and worship and anointing and raw presence of the living God was when I was in a coliseum in Bogota, Colombia. And there weren't hundreds in that coliseum. There were thousands upon thousands upon thousands worshiping the living God and crying out to him. And there was such a sound that came up from them that it lifted literally. Well, maybe figuratively, not literally, my husband would correct me. The roof of that building. And you see, there was an open heaven. You see, there was an open heaven. You see, there was an open heaven over Bogota. And it wasn't an open heaven for an event. You didn't have an event last night. You had a movement, sir. I don't believe in events in the spirit of the living God. He doesn't start and stop. He keeps on going. His spirit never leaves us. And so when I was in Bogota, Colombia, one of my last trips there, we saw that nation change when we started going to Bogota. Man, we stayed in a government hotel. And I'm telling you, we had guards on the first floor, guards on the second floor, guards outside of the elevator on our floor. We had locked down, shut in everything you could imagine just to keep us safe while we were there. But you know what happens in the presence of the living God, and it will happen here in Bridgeport. You will begin to see transformation where life takes over death and prosperity comes and takes over adversity. And I'm not talking about a cheap prosperity. We need to put that to death today. That has nothing to do with restoring the altar of God. But by the time we left that country, the guards had been removed and the streets were safe. Because of the presence of the living God, his abiding presence. 
But I saw a vision there, and I'm going somewhere with this in this prophetic exhortation. And just hang with me because we want to see an open heaven. Before Pastor Lewis and I gave us the mic, and as he was interceding in the presence of God and exhorting in the presence of God, I saw angels ascending and descending. And whenever I see angels ascending and descending in the spirit, I know that there is an open heaven of God above. And when I was in Bogota, what I saw was in the altar of God, he asked us, there were 40 or 60,000 of us gathered there, and my husband was with me. And he asked us to intercede for our nations. And we began to wail. And the wail went on for about a minute or two or three or four. And I saw an open vision open right up before me. The stage went away and there I saw this altar. And there was fair linen on the altar. And there was a chalice and the showbread. Only the chalice was on the side. And the wine was dripping down the fair linen. And the showbread was on the floor just scattered everywhere. The altar of God was desecrated. And he said, this is a state of the American church. The altar has been desecrated. And there was a wail that hit my spirit that would not stop for 20 minutes. My husband had to take me out into the, um, the alcoves of the Colosseum before uh, to just to let me continue to pray it out before God, to cry it out before God because they had moved on. But I was still there in deep intercession for our nation because God loves America. I love this country and he loves his church and he is not about to allow the enemy to take his church. He is a powerful God. You cannot snatch it out of his hand. And so what I saw today, I began to see the restoration of the altars of God. You're preaching a movement. He's given you a road map. He's given you a road map of consecration and of restoration. And so what I want to do is I want to just begin, if you can. Let's just cry with our voices. Okay, now in that Colosseum, they were so desperate and so hungry for God that they cried so loud it felt like the roof was taken off. And I know they were 40 and 60,000. But I believe that the desire in this room with this next generation is so great that if we lift our voices together to the almighty God, that the sound in heaven will be the same. Are you ready for a move of God that will go on for generations to come to see the altars of God restored, to see authentic Christianity again rolling throughout our country, to see the next generation being brought out of death into a covenant of life as sons and daughters of the living God? Are you ready to see the real prosperity of God? Oh, we've seen a cheap prosperity and we've sold out to a counterfeit prosperity but I don't want a counterfeit prosperity I want 
God, hear our prayer. Cry out to you, Lord. We say yes to you, God. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Thy will be done. Yes, Thy kingdom come. Yes, O God. As it is in heaven, today, yes, oh as it is in eternity, yes, oh God. right here, forgive us right Lord. now, your forgive will us be done for your Lord. glory, your honor, your power, Lord, right here, right now. Sweep us up, Lord. Lift us up, Lord, into your presence. Yes, oh God. Your will being done in our lives. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We say yes, Lord. Yes, glory to you, Lord. Yes, oh Glory God. To you. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, oh God. And Lord, we cry out. Lord, as we stand before the porch and the altar. Lord, as we want to enter into the holy of holies. Lord, as we become before your throne, Lord God. It says the incense, the altar of incense. Oh, it's for the prayers of the people and the intercession that goes forward. And the intercession that goes forward for this next generation, oh God. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, Lord God, for being too uh, yet enough familiar with your spirit, Lord God. Father, we ask that you would restore the altar of fellowship. We ask that we would restore, Lord God, the altar of you where we would not serve false gods, oh God. We ask you to restore the altar of consecration, oh God. We ask you to restore the altar, Lord God, a sacrifice and praise, oh God. We want to be before your throne. We will accept nothing less but then the real presence of the living God. The real presence of the living God. Oh, Lord God, we ask in this moment that you would allow a spirit of intercession to fall on this generation like never before. Where they fall in your presence, oh God. Some for hours and hours and hours and hours interceding and praying and interceding and praying. Lord God, we ask for a deeper consecration of their hearts, oh God. Yeah. And we ask for the anointing of multiplication. No more addition, Lord God. No more one plus one plus one equals three, oh God. We ask for two times 350, which is 700, oh God. Ten times 700, which is 7,000, Lord God. And it goes on and it goes on. And we don't ask for ourselves. We don't ask for our own glory. We ask for salvations, Lord God. We ask for a real conversion, oh God. We ask that you take back your church and you restore it, oh God, for this next generation, oh God, to so just intercede for one more minute and then what we're going to ask you to do is we're going to close this. Man's arithmetic is division. Man's arithmetic is subtraction. God's arithmetic is multiplication. That's right. He takes two fishes and five loaves and he feeds a multitude. He multiplies. Lord, multiply our offerings. Multiply our lives, our effectiveness, Lord. Let our witness be seen as your witness to you. 
for you. Let people see you in us, Lord. As you have broken us, fill us, multiply us, Lord. Meet the needs of this nation through your people, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is moving. We could do more in this presence. In his presence, healing and deliverance takes place in salvation. If you are in agreement and when you're ready. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, just sing to him in tongues and worship him. There is freedom here. Jesus loves you as you're praising and worshiping him. I want you to think about something that you like about Jesus and tell him. He inhabits the praises of his people, and I wasn't sure about this move this morning, and I I needed the Lord to confirm, should I go in this direction or just start with the sermon? And one of the phrases, one of the scriptures that he put on my heart uh, was the Lord inhabits the praises of his people and the very words that came out of Yesenia's mouth this morning. The first lady of this house where God inhabits the praises of his people. What is it that you like about Jesus? Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. I like that he doesn't judge me. I like that he heals me instead. I like that when I get messy, Pastor, that I can go into his presence and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I just want, if you can stand to your feet, if you're able, and if you're not, it's okay. You know what happens in an altar sacrifice. That's what it means. Something is slaughtered. But thank God in the outer, the outer office, the brazen altar, that's where the animals are slaughtered, right? And then they're consumed totally by fire. And thank God for Jesus because I believe the Father God was showing us what would happen to us if we don't make it right with him, if we are not reconciled with the Lord Jesus Christ to our Father in heaven, then we would be consumed just like that sacrifice for all eternity. But because of Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, because of him, we get to pass through beyond the brain an altar into the holy of holies before the throne of the Lord our God and say I am forgiven not guilty not guilty not guilty by the blood of the lamb I'm not guilty father I can come before you and look up at your eyes and be received as a daughter of the most high because Jesus came to clean up my messy Okay, 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 okay. That was the altar. So there is the outer altar, and there is the inner altar, the altar of incense. That's where we want to abide, in the presence of God. So, Jesus, you're my hero. What we're going to do is we're going to take this worship. We're going to take this sacrifice of worship. And we're going to give a shout out to Jesus. 
And we're going to keep it going for about a minute. David, you be the timer. At a minute, you begin jumping up and down because everybody can see you. You jump up and down the presence of God all the time anyway. Okay, and so we're going to shout out to God. And we're going to raise the roof in the spirit. And we're going to believe for an open heaven. And that the work that the Lord God Almighty is doing is not an event, but it's everlasting from generations to come. Are you ready to shout out to God? On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this started a long time ago, but it also started last night. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, if you can, you can be seated. Because we could do this all night and I don't see a clock around here. But I tell you what, I need to yield to Father Christopher, so I'm going to take about three more minutes. Talk about an altar of faith, and I'm going to yield us to you. Because we went from an altar. Thank you, God. We went from an altar of fellowship, and I was here for that amazing service, for that word of God. It's still living within me. 
the fellowship with God and holding on to the promises of God Almighty. Then he alters us at his altar. The altar of your altar and getting rid of false gods, the altar of consecration. And sir, I was actually going to preach on the altar of consecration, but you were already there. And then the altar of praise. Don't stop praising him. Don't stop. I don't care if you see yourself grow by a factor of 10. Don't stop praising him. And don't get off of your knees. This isn't just a series, but a roadmap to help you to become that which you were destined to become through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'm going to talk just a couple of minutes about an altar of faith, and then I'm going to turn it over. The altar of faith, what is faith? It comes out of Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I forgot to do something. For those of you who don't know, I'm Pastor Gabrielle. This is Father Christopher. We're happy to see you. Thank you for welcoming us. We're a little crazy. We're the crazy pastors that walked into his office. I think you call this crazy and insane. That walked into his office about a year ago. And we've been fast friends and in love ever since. I'm white and he's black. No. <laughs> All right, I'm black. He's white. I'm a woman. He's a man. I came from a non-denominational church into Anglicanism. He's from an Anglican church into non-denominalism. You see where I'm going with this? We've been walking the streets together in partnership for five years. Because this is what the body of Christ looks like. Amen? Amen. Amen. I won't say another word about it. Father Christopher, do you want to say anything about that? Can I say something about Pastor Luis? Yes, please. How about the word dunamis? That word is a Greek word which sounds like what? Dynamite. Pastor Luis, dynamite. Dynamic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have proof. I'm going to share it with you. He has the spiritual gift of faith. Now, all of us are to have saving faith. The spiritual gift of faith, you cannot grow a church without the spiritual gift of faith. You are ready to trust God for the impossible. Can you trust God for the impossible? We spell faith, because I have the spiritual gift of faith. We spell faith, R. I-S-K. If there's not risk involved, it's not a work of faith. I love your pastor. He is a brother. I love his wife, Yesenia. Do you know she intercedes with hands and feet? We were doing an outreach. She heard about it. She was praying for us. She brought food, and 150 people ate it. Do you remember that day? That was a loving, sacrificial intercession for us. We love them. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, the scriptures say. This kind of faith, when we shared our vision with the first pastors in Bridgeport about bringing Luis Palau, who has preached the gospel to a billion people here, to Bridgeport. Guess who said yes first? Your pastor. 
He's as crazy as we are. He said yes. He believed that we would do it. We could do it. We had seven and a half weeks to get together for a weekend. We didn't have a, a place. We didn't have an evangelist. We got the evangelist. We got the place. And many of you were there. The worship in the stadium, I'm still dancing from that. I ran around the diamond like a baseball player. It was so much fun. We were bold. They said it couldn't be done. Seven and a half weeks. We believed. We believed. We had faith God could do it. God did it. Praise God. Praise God. So I just wanted to tell you that I'm a fan of your pastor, and I honor him before you, and I urge you to follow him. He may not always be right. He's not perfect. But he loves the Lord. He has shown humility. The way up is down. We've seen him down. We've seen him up. And he's going forward, and this work is being multiplied as we declare it today. This work is being multiplied by God. Not by man. Keep that just in case you can jump in at any time. The reason why we love to preach together, they said all of these isms that we represent, they never mix. They can't come together. Which is why we, I think God has actually placed us together, right? They also said that the apostolic and the prophetic don't work together. You know what? Yes, they do. God is restoring his body. So thank you so much for sharing that and for allowing us to be here. You can jump in anytime. I, I hope you can get back to your notes. I can. I'm back to my notes. I have two and a half minutes. I knew minutes. you could. I have two and a half minutes. Okay. <clears throat> now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Okay, so what is faith? And I want to get here. This has to, to do about bringing down a stronghold for this next generation. Okay, so see if we can catch it real quick. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, right? You guys know this. Tell me, what is faith? The conviction of things not seen, for by it, men of old gained approval. Amen? How do we get faith? Anybody remember Romans 10, 17? So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, I promise your pastor three points. First point. In honor of you. First point. Belief plays a critical role in our ability to walk in faith. Do you believe that and will you accept that? Okay, so what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Okay, Abraham was not perfect in his own flesh. It doesn't happen in humanity, okay? It comes by believing in God. What's the definition of belief to believe? I love to go here. Belief means, as it's defined in the Greek and the Hebrew, to live into, right, it's not just this passive thing that we're giving mental assent to. It means that you believe and you live in too. It means that your behavior is following your belief. We can take it deeper. In the Hebrew, it actually means to latch on as a nursing babe latches on to a mother. And I'm sorry if that is disturbing to you, but think about it as the most natural thing in the world. And that baby depends on that mother to sustain its very life. 
to sustain on the milk and the nutrients that are provided by nursing through the milk. And so belief actually has to do with we believe it so much that it becomes a part of our actual being, that we're latched on to that thing, that we're thinking about it all the time, that it's at the forefront and not the background of our mind. It's right there, belief. So faith and belief go together. John 6, 26 through 29, Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes. Do not work for the fake prosperity. Please, 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 please let this generation overcome and pull down that stronghold. But for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father God has set his seal. Therefore they said to him, what shall we do? And so that we may work the work of God. And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Without believing and latching on to the word of God, there is no assurance of hope. Do you guys have that point? Without believing or latching on to the word of God, there is no assurance of her hope. It's like a vacant place holding on to nothing. Point two, the substance of our faith is God's word. Will you accept that? The substance of our faith is not a name and claim it. It is based on God's word. Why is that true? We just read it. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Relative to the things of God, if we do not have the word of God, we have no basis for faith in God. If we do not have his word, either scripture or the revealed word, and think about Romans 1, 18 and following, he's made it evident to us all. Then in what are we placing our faith? Human agency? Our own ability? The ability or word of another? Past experiences, oh, we've done it once, we can do it again, really? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Let's put to death this once and for all, a name it and claim it theology that is not based on the word of God and obedience to his will. God wants us to thrive. He wants us to choose life and prosperity, but on his terms and not ours. And I just want to speak this to you. Deuteronomy 30, and I'll go there in a minute. It says, have faith to choose life and prosperity, right? Let's read it. Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 through 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers and which you are doing. He swore it to your father and you are seeing it now. You are seeing the very manifestation of the promises and the inheritance of God Almighty. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying what? His voice and by holding fast to him, by latching on, by believing, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the fathers go on and on and on and on, and on to this generation. Amen. This word, 
Have the faith to choose life and prosperity over death and adversity. It's easy to choose death. You don't have to do anything. It's easy to choose adversity. You don't have to do anything there either. Choosing life and prosperity has nothing to do with the prosperity name and claim it movement. and has everything to do with restoring the altar, the altar of fellowship, getting into the presence of God, consecration, his will, whether to live and, uh, or, and suffer riches for his sake or to abound in lack. I'm sorry, whether to live, I, that is right, rather to live and suffer riches in his sake. And I want to make that point, okay? Suffer riches in his sake because you will be tested in a much different way. You still have to stay in the presence of the Almighty God and not lose your grip on Him or to actually abound in lack for His sake so far as the gospel is being preached. Please, we must stop judging how close Christians are to God based on how much earthly junk they acquire. Biblical prosperity. Biblical prosperity has everything to do with obedience to his will. It's his church. It's his grace on earth as it is in heaven. Will you accept that? Will you accept that? And I do want to make this point. There is a prayer, a supplication, a petition. We can go to him, our wants, our needs, our desires. We can get into his presence Right? Just as we're getting into his presence to hear his will, the prayer of petition and supplication, God, I have this need, God, I have this one, consecrated in your presence, consecrated at your altar. But this is what we must do. We must wait and listen for his response. We can't just write our own blank check. Because if he doesn't sign it, it is not backed by God, and it is not his word, right? Right? Okay. So we have to get into his presence and say, Lord, I'm bringing this petition before you. And I am going to stay here and wait for your word. Third point. We can't get to the altar of faith without going through the altar of fellowship. Being in right relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Restored as a daughter and a son uh, to the Father. Sanctified through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Consecration. Getting rid of false gods. Why? Because faith is based on hearing the word of God. You have to get close enough to him to hear his voice. You have to get beyond the brazen altar. You have to get to the altar of incense. Faith based on hearing the word of God. You have to get close enough. Sometimes his voice comes like a whisper. Sin in our lives creates too much noise. It empowers the accuser of the brethren. Praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. He likes it when we acknowledge him, when we acknowledge what he does, what he does for us, who he is to us. Faith pleases God and without faith, without hearing the word and obeying through belief, it is impossible to please God. I'm going to pass it over to Father Christopher. Thank you. I got my own mic. I brought something with me. I want to show it to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. I never church a baby in church. Might be my grandchild. See what I have? It's very heavy. If I dropped it, it would dent the stage. It's my altar. See it? I started carrying this with me. After I'd been to the country Wales, Wales near England, 
And I heard about the patron saint of Wales. First, his mother. His mother was a queen. Her name was Nan, 500 A.D. Nan was a queen. She was an apostle, an evangelist, an abbess. And wherever she went, people were delivered from mental illness. They were saved. They were healed. They were justified. And they went out in power to serve the living God. This is a woman leader, a leader. She was the queen of her nation. No one was going to tell her what she could and what she couldn't do. When you're a queen, you can act that way. Then she had a son, and she raised him from the, for the Lord, naming him after King David, thinking he might become the king of his country. No. He became a monk. He became a bishop. And when he was in his cathedral, there was a big altar. But when he went out to evangelize, to preach, to do deliverance, to offer healing, he took the altar with him. I saw the altar. It's 1,500 years old. I saw it. I touched it. I said, I want one. Let me tell you where this altar has been. We were invited up to Sandy Hook six months before the tragic murders of those children and teachers to start a fellowship to pray in a home of one of our members who commuted down to Darien. But he said, I'd like to put some <clears throat> DNA of our church in this town. And can we pray for the people? Sure we can. We prayed for the people of Newtown to know their need for God. Six months before. When the shootings happened, we were there. That day, we prayed. We were there day after day after day praying. One day, the man next to this little church where we were praying said to me, I'd like to show you something. He said, you'd like to show us something? What would you like to show us? I've got something up on top of the hill. Now his hill looked over the school, which was now all closed up, sealed up, and the town was trying to decide what, if anything, to do with it. We got up to the top of the hill, and there was a labyrinth. A labyrinth can be something okay, grounded on Scripture. There's a history of it in the church. But today, most labyrinths are locations for evil, new age, the occult. And this one was occultic. And we looked at it and we said, he said, you want to walk on it? We said, no way. No way. Bob, you got a problem here. And we're priests. We'll be happy to deconsecrate this evil altar in the name of Jesus. He said, well, I'll talk to my girlfriend about that. I said, you better, because if she doesn't want you to do it, we won't do it. You've got to be united. They said, yes. We went up there. We brought our altar. It's heavy. We prayed. We deconsecrated that evil and wicked thing that was so close to that school. We saw something like a cloud of crows, black beings, moved away from that space. 
I saw them with my physical eyes. It was deconsecrated. The heavens were opened that night or that week. The town continued. They had been in division over what to do with the future of that land. They were in unity to build a new school. It's opening this year. We didn't do it. God did it. That night, that night, we brought the altar down to our service, and five witches came to the service. Let's put it this way. They weren't invited, but they were welcomed. You get the distinction? We didn't know this was happening, but they all came. A couple of them were manifesting during the service. That's a little disruptive. We prayed for them. Two of them were saved. They had a little shop, a little new age shop. It was really a house of horror and demons. God cleared them out. Now there's a church in that building. Hallelujah. You can see Bibles when you look in the window. God did that. But you know, this is an altar. I would call this an altar of deliverance. We have seen, we've been able to take ground when we've prayed with this altar. Pastor Luis, catch. It's yours. It's for you. It's for you. Hey, this isn't magic. It's only a symbol. But you know what we believe about symbols? They are outward and visible signs of inward and spiritual grace. And when you guys stand with faith and believe, you're going to take ground. God's going to give you Bridgeport. He's going to give you greater Bridgeport. You're going to go on, and you're going to stand for him. Do you want to grow? Yes, no. Do you want to grow? You've got to stay connected to Jesus. He's the vine. You're the branches. John 15. Stay connected to Jesus. He's the vine. You're the branches. I've got one more thing to show you, and then I'll be quiet. Kind of brought my show and tell back. I know it's in here because I, I put it in this morning. Praise God. <laughs> here it is. You know. We don't really understand vineyards because we're not in California or upper state New York or Italy. We don't understand grapes very well. But we do understand apples. And apples are, I'm very fond of apples. I try to eat one a day. And if I were to ask you what's the most important part of the apple, you may say the seeds because you get more apples. You may say the skin, because so much of the nutrients of fruit and vegetables is in the skin. You might say the meat, because that's where, you know, there's more nutrition. No, not for the sake of this illustration. The most important part of this apple is the stem. Because if the flower of the apple tree blooms, it becomes a little fruit. All that fruit has to do is remain connected to the branch. The sap comes through the tree, the, the thing grows, it gets ripe, and then we eat it. 
And you need to stay connected to grow. And would you like to grow? Would you like to grow? Get ready to suffer. Because he comes and he prunes back the branches. You know, it makes sense to us that he'll prune back the branches that aren't producing in order to throw them into the fire because they're worthless. But you know what really is strange sometimes? He's pruning back a good branch. He's pruning back something that I thought was worth keeping. Gone. That's the father, the vine dresser. But that's how lasting fruit is produced. Jesus didn't say, go make converts. He said, go make disciples. Disciples grow. They even learn from pain. Their altars involve sacrifice. You know, the one thing about a living sacrifice, the living sacrifice tries to climb off the altar, crawl right off it. Get back on the altar. He's not done with you yet. But if you remain in Jesus and he remains in you, you will produce fruit. You will produce fruit that lasts. How about lasting fruit? It's longer than an experience. It's about a relationship. A relationship that can last for the rest of your life. I can tell you, I have four children. They're all adults now. Nothing gives me greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the Lord. John, that's third John. Lasting fruit. Do you want to see your kids have faith? Their kids have faith? Do you want to see the next generation have faith? Do you want to see America have faith? Remain in him. He'll remain in you. You'll produce lasting fruit. To whose glory? The Father's glory. To stay connected. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's get up and praise Him together. Can we stand? Pastor, do we just have time to just call those to the front? We're not going to tarry long here. God has moved on your behalf. We do want lasting fruit that will remain. The substance of our faith is to be the word of God. Belief is to latch on to the hope of his word. And faith is the enduring assurance that what he says not only shall be so, but is so. We're just going to open this altar and you don't have to tarry long and we're going to allow your pastors to dismiss you. We thank you for tarrying here in the presence of God Almighty. The enemies of faith, disbelief, doubt, and fear. If you want to restore the altar of faith and get rid of your doubt and your unbelief and your fear, then just come to this altar. This is just between you and God. No one is going to come lay hands on you. But if you mean business with God and you want to be completely restored and part of this next move, then we just ask you to come and cry it out before him. God Almighty, he is the one who will touch you. And if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then we ask you to just lift up your hands right now. And if you want to be saved, if you want to know him as your personal Lord and Savior, 
Everyone can just bow their heads for a second. And if you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, just lift up your hand. Say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you love me. Jesus, I need you. He sees. He sees you. He loves you. And we're going to ask you to come up front too, if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Let him restore the altar of faith. Let him restore the altar of faith. Let him restore the altar of faith in your life. Let him restore the altar of faith in your life. Let us see him raise Bridgeport together from the dead. Amen. together for my friends. We thank God for the anointing on you guys' lives and the words you have shared with us today. I know I'm leaving encouraged for sure. I want the prayer team, if you just get in position really quick. And we have some people who want to commit their lives to Jesus today. We're going to pray as a church family with them. Amen. And then the worship team's going to take a few minutes to worship. Won't be here much longer, but if you need prayer for anything, we invite you to come forward after that. Amen. Would you bow your heads and repeat this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I want to choose today to stay on the vine. I believe that your son, he died for my sins. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And I will walk with him all the days of my life. Come on, the church says amen. Come on, amen. We have just a few more minutes. The worship team's going to worship. And if you need prayer for anything, your marriage, your relationship, I don't care what it is, today's the day. We want to touch and agree with you. We have prayer warriors on both sides. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you can come up as soon as the worship team starts singing. Amen. Come on, we thank you, Father. We thank you for Pastor Gabby, for Father Layton. We ask you for your blessing to be upon them. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Come on, the church says amen. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to our podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon. If you would like to share how God may have blessed you through this message, please feel free to share your testimony on our Facebook page at Citywide Church. And while you're there, like our page for daily updates. You can also follow us on Instagram at Citywide Church. Just a reminder, if you would like more information about this ministry or how to support us financially, please visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. We hope you tune in next week to our podcast. Thank you again. Be encouraged. Stay blessed.